Welcome to episode four of the That's All Right podcast. I'm your host, Dr. TJ Stewart. On this episode, I had the opportunity to connect with my brother and friend, Dr. Wilson K. Okello. We talked about coming to voice and what does it mean to find yourself in writing. Because we know that voice will materialize differently for each of us, this was a deeply personal conversation about the philosophies of voice and writing. Dr. Okello suggests that perhaps it's not a coming to voice we should focus on, but rather remembering or reclaiming our voices in the writing process. We discuss what it means to rehearse your writing and explore what does it mean to tap into histories, legacies, and ancestors as we invite all of them into the space when we center our voice in writing. I'm excited for you to hear from him, and in a moment I will read his bio, but first, a few reminders. I'm developing this podcast uh, as a service in kind to ACPA and the Virtual Writers Retreat. Any questions, comments, concerns about the episodes can be sent to me at terraj at gmail.com. That's T-E-R-A-H-J-A-Y at gmail.com. As always, the views expressed by individuals are their own, and we welcome critical, radical, and justice-based perspectives in this work. Finally, while we do our best in the distant and virtual format of podcasts, production, occasionally technology can be a headache. Uh, When possible, I try to address these issues in post-production, but as always, your grace is appreciated. And with that, let's get right into it. Dr. Wilson K. Okello is a tenure-track assistant professor in the Watson College of Education at the University of North Carolina, Wilmington. Bridging the artist-scholar divide, Dr. Okello draws on black feminist theories to think about the relationship between history, the body, and epistemology, anti-blackness in education, critical masculinities, and anti-deficit curriculum and pedagogy. Dr. Okello's performance work engages embodied and creative methodologies to think about the health and survival of black people in the afterlife of white supremacy. An interdisciplinary scholar who grapples with Africana, black, literary, feminist, and performance studies to press upon education, his work has been published in leading venues such as the Journal of College Student Development, the International Journal of Qualitative Studies in Education, and the Review of Higher Education. Additionally, he has presented his work in various educational spaces internationally and in the domestic United States, such as at ASH, AESA, AERA, ACPA, and the International Congress on Qualitative Inquiry. Extending his scholarship and illustrating his commitment to publicly engaged praxis, he is currently the scholar-in-residence for the Coalition on Men and Masculinities with ACPA and a faculty-in-residence with the D.C. Virgo Preparatory Academy. He has delivered over 100 invited keynotes, lectures, presentations from Rhode Island to California. Dr. Okello earned his Ph.D. from Miami University. His master's degree is from the University of Rhode Island, and he holds a bachelor's degree from Youngstown State University. He is the recipient of the University of Rhode Island's Distinguished Alumni Rising Star Award, the National Association of Student Personnel Administrators, NASPA, Outstanding Professional Award, Youngstown State University's Outstanding Alumni Award, and he received Dissertation of the Year recognition from the American Association of Blacks in Higher Education. I am elated for you to hear from this brilliant scholar. And with that, let's not delay a moment more. All right, I'm excited to be here with uh, today's guest on the fourth episode of the That's All Right podcast. And uh, today we are talking about 
an important topic, I think, in, in the writing exercise, which is coming to a voice. What does it mean to find yourself in writing? That's a essential mm. question. <laughs> and, uh, the guest I have today is uh, Dr. Wilson Okello, who uh, I'm excited to be here with. I mean, initially I would I was um, to have two guests per episode, but I'd be lying if I didn't say that I, I was a little happy to have Dr. Okello to myself for this for this bit of time. So, um, so before we get started, why don't you introduce yourself? Whatever it is you you would like to share, maybe who you are, um, where where you are, what you do, uh, and then we will mm-hmm. jump in. Uh, well, first of all, um, I just appreciate you, appreciate your work, uh, your creativity, um, and the invitation uh, to join you for. Uh, for actually anything, right? I mean, I, you know, quite a bit. I will, I will join TJ uh, for anything, but um, you're trusting me just even in this space, um, you know, it's something I don't take for granted. So uh, Wilson Okello, uh, currently uh, an assistant professor at the University of North Carolina, uh, Wilmington, um, working in our higher education program. And, um, you know, broadly, um, our research thinks about uh, the relationship between history, the body, and epistemology draws on Black feminist theories, uh, which we'll, I'm certain we'll get into a bit, but uh, to think about that relationship and um, um, more specifically as it relates to higher education, um, student development theory, and uh, what it means to know. Um, and so i uh, really excited to, again, uh, kind of just talk to you about um, you know what it means to, to, to craft, uh, what it means to create and, and write. and um, you know, with someone who's writing, I also um, am inspired by and moved by. And so, uh, so thank you again for the invitation. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I am, uh, uh, as Wilson knows, I am a fan, truly. And in fact, I don't know if you know this, I think my introduction to your work was actually in 2014, uh, was when I had to stand up and say, who is this brother? And it was (laughs) at ACPA and, and it was a penny for your thoughts. And um, at that time, ACPA had Pacha Pacha talks. And, you know, yeah. most people approach them as, oh, I have, you know, uh, 20 slides, 20 seconds per slide. I'm just going to kind of give this lecturette. And then Dr. Okello comes up and just flames the stage um, with a uh, with a performance, with a teaching, with a... Uh, and truly right getting at this piece around what does it mean to to come to voice now in that place mm-hmm. right you're you're speaking mm-hmm. right and so i think it comes mm-hmm. and it, it comes in a different sort of context but when, when it mm-hmm. comes to writing I, i'm really curious about mm-hmm. you know in terms of how you situate yourself in it what does it mean mm-hmm. for you um to come to voice in your writing process right. or to elevate your voice right so mm-hmm. i guess another way of thinking about that is have you ever written something down uh, or been in a writing sort of exercise and sort of step away from that writing and then say, like, is this me? Do you ask mm-hmm. yourself that question? And if so, um, how do you uh, address really making sure that you're elevating who you are in your voice in your writing pieces? Yeah, uh, that's humbling that you remember that. And, uh, um, you know, so as I even think about that moment um, and what it, it means to, um, you know, to kind of do our work uh, with, you know, authenticity. 
I told myself if if I was going to sort of come into this space and and I'll connect this to writing as well, but um, if I'm going to come into sort of a um, you know formal you know educative space, uh, what does it mean to sort of bring ourselves um, in ways that honor who we are and honor uh, the traditions that we come from? And so you know I think the speaking um, is always in part. Uh, a writing exercise out yes. loud, right? And so, yes. um, you know, the performance um, that that folks um, were privy to in that particular moment uh, was just really uh, an extension of some of the the writing habits and really some of the fundamental beliefs I have about what it means to write, which is to uh, to show up in ways that honor who you are, uh, honor the traditions that you come from, um, and. Um, to do that before you begin to sort of adjust to um, whatever the frame and or the standard and or the metric or um, the um, the template is uh, for, you know, that particular space. So in that that place. Right. Um, yes, it was sort of lecture esque uh, was the expectation, um, but lecture esque isn't the tradition that I have, you know, I'm most sort of familiar right. with writing right. and or um you know, find my inspiration or am moved by uh, most generally. And so um, attempted really to, to think about um, and not even think, but to really sort of feel my way into that space first um, and and then to uh, adjust to whatever sort of format uh, or allow the, the format or um, the space to adjust to me. And so uh, to your question about what it means Ooh. to sort of come to voice, um, for me, it's, it's a, it's, first and foremost, a practice of honoring uh, the thing that nudges you, thing that uh, that moves you. Um, because I think the, what we both know happens in the sort of, uh, in our training, right? Um, we can call it writing training, but I think just programs in general, uh, they train us away uh, to, to yes. cite uh, Dillard, right? But they, they train us away from ourselves, right? And so uh, one of the, the things I think we need to, um, uh, to one recognize is happening um, is that that process is likely right like this is the expectation of academe right they they want you to look and to sound a particular way um, and so one of the biggest challenges for us becomes how do we hold on to that in the midst of like yeah. what it means to what you know being asked to uh, to adjust and so uh, you know to answer your question more directly um, I don't know that it's a coming to voice so much as figuring out how we hold on to the thing uh, as yeah, we come in uh, to these particular spaces, you see. And so, yeah. um, because I, I want to honor that uh, before we knew about academe, we were spending fire. Right before we even hopped on this podcast, you told me you were uh, this podcast life, right? And and your creativity was was overflowing, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, you won't say it, but I'll say it. But, um, I, you know, I remember seeing and hearing about um, uh, your creativity before I even met you, right? Mm -hmm. Before I got to know you, before we started working on that yeah. research team yeah. uh, in yeah. grad school, I heard about your creativity. And, and so the, 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 the challenge, the task for so many of us is figuring out how do we hold on to that, right? Um, you know, despite what we're being asked to do. Um, yeah. and, so, um, and so I want to, I'd, re, you know, I'd reframe um, the, the, the response to say it's a, uh, not a coming to, but a figuring out how do we hold on to, yeah. uh, refuse to let go of, um, um, despite what we're being pressured into. 
Mm, that is that is so powerful. And and what so many things are coming up for me. And I think initially what comes up for me is uh, Cynthia Dillard's work and remembering. Yeah. And so a yeah. lot of folks, yeah. uh, if you're not familiar with Cynthia Dillard's work, she talks about remembering and she mm-hmm. often writes it with the letters R and E in parentheticals and situates that as a reminder that it's to do again. And so what I'm connecting to, to what you're saying is it's not a new thing. And so really what it's about is a reclaiming, a remembering of sort of who we are and how we are. Um, and so maybe it's more about holding on to voice um, or reclaiming a voice as opposed to sort of trying to architect a voice, one that which we already that's right. have, right? Um, that's and it. so that's, it. That's, that, it. that's super powerful. The other thing that's coming up for me is, and you know, and a lot of folks may be familiar with um, Nicole Hannah-Jones and uh, sort of what happened with her tenure case. Mm. And so now we know that she's she's headed to Howard. But I watched a video of hers recently. And one of the things that she said mm. um, when she talks about students, about what does it mean to sort of be who you are, to show up authentically in spaces. And I really like your framing of uh, in terms of how does the space conform to me as opposed to me trying to conform to the space and what she often said was, or what she said in this conversation, I believe it was uh, with Ta-Nehisi Coates, was saying that, you know, um, she comes from, you know, kind of humble people. She's from Waterloo, Iowa. I didn't know that. That was news Mm -hmm. to me. Um, But she was basically saying, I tell young people, I tell folks all the time, don't give up and you still might not make it. Um, But she said, but if you make it, make it intact don't have given Come yourself on. up to make it because then it won't be worth it. And so as I think about this as it relates to writing, you know, how, what does it mean for us to make it intact, for our voice to make it intact, despite all of the ways, right, we have to sort of contort and conform ourselves, mm-hmm. in, in, you know, in the effort to um, to publish, um, uh, to, to create impact, to make our work sort of legible. So, you know, all those things yeah. are coming up for me and, and kind of sort of hearing, um, your reflection about that piece. So then in, in thinking about, because the other thing mm-hmm. I want to just sort of name in this conversation for, for the audience and for listeners is, you know, it's, re- and when we talk about voice, it's going to be um, unique to each of us. That's right? right. And so that's, right. that's, and so part of the challenge of this conversation is really to get some ph- uh, philosophical grounding around what this may mean, mm. but that mm. it's not a destination that we're all going to arrive to in terms of what that voice is, uh, how that's it right. materializes. And so I just want to name right. that, right. We can only talk that's about right. TJ and Wilson's experience, that's right? right? We can't talk about, that's right. um, you know, mm-hmm. sort of everyone at large, cause it's going to look and materialize differently. But mm. when we think about, um, what does it mean to, so as you were sort of doing your work and, and moving it forward, what are the ways that you have um, maybe a sort of crystallized or sharpened how you sort of construct in the writing process? And so, again, I know you as a scholar, but I also know you as an artist. And I also know you as, as a thinker. And so one of the things that I think about is I remember being told that, you know, if you wanted to develop as a writer, that you should read good writing. Um, yep. You know, and one of the things that I found is I would add to that. I also think you should read bad writing because then you know what you don't want your writing to be like, you know, right? So I'm wondering, how do you think about your own process? Are there, do you go outside of your discipline? Do you go outside the the academy? Are there ways that you instruct yourself as you are um, not necessarily creating your your voice in in writing because you have one, but in terms of of nurturing it, of edifying it? How do you, what do you do in the construction of, 
who do I want to be on the page and how do I want my work to, to show up? Such an important question. Such an important question. Um, and so, wow. Um, so, I, you know, I, I've answered this in a, in a couple of parts. So for me, I, a lot of the reading I do is, uh, is, is, is outside of my discipline. Right. Um, and so what that, what that does is, um, it, it changes or shifts really sort of what I feel, um, I'm beholden to, if you will. Right. And so, for example, if you read Baldwin, Baldwin has no respect sometimes for, for, <laughs> for, for, for punctuation or for, um, for, uh, you know, structure or the ways that some of the, the things that we're, we're trained into, and I don't want to say that that respect for it, but I think he just, he plays with language in a particular oh, yeah. type of way. Right. Um, and so, you know, for example, when I was writing, um, you know, my dissertation and I'm reading and working with Baldwin, um, sometimes I could, I could see how, um, the influence of reading a Baldwin, um, was showing up on a page not because of how I was reading it, but because of how my committee was reading, uh, you know, the work, right? They were seeing some of the utterances, if you will, right? Or some of the influence uh, of my reading um, and how that was showing up. And so them naming that uh, was, you know, or having individuals who are able to kind of look at your writing and to say, uh, this is what you're doing, or this is how it's coming uh, across, um, but also be able to talk about the ways in which it, um, it, it's situated in higher ed or situated in our, in our discipline, um, I think is, is, is helpful feedback, right? Um, you know, whether or not you, you choose to sort of um, adjust from there, I think is, you know, our decision, our personal decisions, I think we all have to make, but having folks um, who are, who are familiar with the discipline and also familiar with your writing and can give you sort of some feedback on yeah. what's happening uh, between the two, I think is, is helpful. Right. Uh, it's helpful. And so um, so so thinking about sort of how I come to the page one, again, it's sort of reading outside of the discipline. And like I said, that changes what I think I, what I feel beholden to do with my writing. Right. And, and in other words, um, you know, my, my template isn't necessarily, um, you know, work that's always producing JDHE or work that's always producing JCST, yep. right? Like that, that type of, the type of writing that journals um, have more traditionally accepted um, is not the type of writing that, um, um, it's not the only writing that I take right. in, I should say, right? Um, and so I think having, if you will, possibility models outside of, of what uh, it's presented with us has been uh, useful um, and, you know, um, helpful in terms of how I uh, sort of nudge myself and, um, and, and come to the page. Also, um, you know, I, <laughs> I, I tell folks that I sort of write effectively first, right. Which mm. means I'm not, um, necessarily checking for, um, what I know, for example, reviewers, uh, might, uh, look yep. for in a, in a yep. particular piece <clears throat> that isn't, I, you know, I try to sort of train my, myself out of that such that uh, it allows my voice to sort of come through uh, more clearly. And, and then I can, uh, you know, we can talk about what it means to uh, to work within uh, the framework of the journal or, you know, uh, whatever the, um, you know, the template is. But um, I try to sort of write what uh, what I feel needs to sort of come out first and then um, to kind of go back and do the, the editing and or, uh, you know, 
drawing the the sharper connections um, if necessary. So, so yeah, like those those are those are things that sort of come up for me as I think about uh, coming to the page. Um, you know, I think it it becomes all the more difficult when we um, write in a way that I think we believe want uh, we want this to be accepted or we want this to sort of be received in, uh, in a particular way. And so, well, I should say. I, it becomes, I think, more difficult for our voice to come through when we approach it in that particular way. You know, what came up for me was when you were saying that is I think, so we know that at times we have to contort ourselves or our work. It's a function of the enterprise, unfortunately. And I think sometimes we get into this place where we are self-disciplining, um, but I don't even think that's strong enough language, but where we uh, murder our words before they're even able to come mm. out. And so, mm. I, and so this notion of how do we disarm mm. ourselves yeah. from trying to mitigate what we, what we want to say and even how we want to say yeah. it before we even get to the point of someone else saying that we need That's to right. do it differently. Right. That's how do we right. at least let the, let those words, let those ideas come to be in the world. Mm. And I think mm. that, you know, you talked about how you sort of start in an affective space. And I think that's such a powerful um, place to begin. Um, and, and I have often, and I don't know, you know, and I'm assuming that this may have been the case for you. There are times when I write a piece as is and knowing it's going to change, but I need to just see it how I wanted to say it. I that's need right. to see that's it right. how I wanted it to be in the world um, before mm-hmm. it's then moved through these processes, because then that also then allows me uh, to strengthen um, the stature of my of my position and, and of my voice, yeah. I remember in my dissertation, uh, I one of my findings I wanted to um, one of my findings I wanted to title "Men Are Trash: uh, The Lessons of Sex Working." Um, yeah. And it's not because I think that, but it's because that's what came up for my collaborators. Of course, they're in the uh, sure. doing a lot of erotic labor, and so we're having lots of various different experiences uh, with men, yeah. and so. And the yeah. feedback that I got was, well, I understand why you, you know, said that. I understand, you know, but maybe we need to name this as like an intense distrust of men. And and I appreciated yeah. that. And I understood why that was. But yeah. what came up for me, what came up more for my collaborators and mom was that men are trash. That's what the, 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 trash. the that's what it was. And so, but I understood, but, it, but I still needed to see yeah. it in my draft. I needed to see it uh, on the page. Yeah. And so I think um, as we think about all of our sort of work and allowing it to, to breathe, right, before it's yeah. you know, in a lot of ways suffocated in the publication process um, yeah. and allowing it to kind of allowing it to kind of sort of come come to be. And I yeah. think that, you know, one of the things that I have found is and I, and I like the way you talked about what moves you. You've, you've said mm. that a few times and I don't want that to be lost in our, in our conversation for folks mm. that are listening is, are you moved by, um, the, the words on the page? Are you moved by the form? Are you moved mm. by like, are, do you, are you incited by it? Not excited, but incited by what it is that you're writing, because then how can we ask yeah. anybody else to be? That's right. right. How can we ask anybody right. else to be if yeah. it's not doing that for you as, as author, as writer? That's exactly right. Um, how can we expect that affect to translate? Right? And so Absolutely. Um, that's coming up. And then finally, thing I'll say before I, you know, we move on to my next question mm-hmm. is, I also think that it's mm-hmm. important for us to allow our voices in our writing to show up in spaces where they can just be. And so sometimes that means uh, abandoning... Yep. 
what may yep. be the ideal, the expected That's places, right. the quote unquote, and I use this loosely prestigious spaces. It may uh-huh. be, I need to go to this, um, you know, maybe it's a news per- place where I can just write an op-ed that still That's right. connects or speaks right. to a certain topic. I, I recently That's wrote right. for diverse issues in higher education back mm-hmm. in February, where yeah. I just wrote about yeah. what I felt was the necessity of labor acknowledgments, where we acknowledge yeah. the yeah. the labor like and the piece. violence of um uh, enslaved Africans and their ascendants, uh, because right. it is what allowed this country to amass the capital and the wealth that it has. It was at the expense of uh, these folks in addition to the theft of the land, as we know. And so, Uh you know, I knew that I could, I had this idea. I just wanted to say it. I wanted to do, I said what I said, right? And you did. (laughs) And I know that I'm trying to put a thought, even if I had like a full length article piece, getting that through publication, a lot of that would have had to change or soften mm. or when I just kind of mm. said what I said. Right. And so I was like, well, let me just mm-hmm. make this, mm-hmm. this, this, uh, this op-ed or this opinion piece. And so sometimes it's ideas just, you know, that our writing and our voice need to show up in a different place so we can just say That's it. Good. Right. And so that it can That's good. Um, connect. And so I guess I want to sort of impart that to readers as well, particularly because I know that for folks that are um, attending uh, the retreat this year, there's a lot of interest in writing for the public. And so I want to encourage those mm-hmm. folks that if there's a place to, you know, come to voice, right? It's yeah, a, yeah. a lot of those avenues and blogs and news um, and news pieces. And I also like to honor folks who create spaces for themselves. So if the space doesn't That's exist right. to create it, I, you know, we had Charles Davis on and um, he has his Scholars for Black Lives Collective and, and you know, and using mm-hmm. that as a, as a place to sort of amplify, um, you know, mm-hmm. some of the work that he's doing. So, mm-hmm. so all, mm-hmm. all of that, all of that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, you're... Um... I think you're, you're spot on. I, I love what you're thinking about in terms of um, the, the question of are, are we moved, right? And I think it's 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 well taken because if do we believe in the work that uh, that we're uh, that we're sort of putting out in the world, right? Um, do we recognize the work uh, when it sort of works through some of these channels, right? Um, and um, or will we recognize it if it were to go through particular channels, right? Um, and then I think about who are we responsible to in our writing, right? Um, and like those come things, um, like come up with me. And so, uh, not only is it sort of honoring uh, how I might be feeling, but, um, I, I'm thinking about, uh, Edward Zanzica in this particular moment, like, what does it mean to sort of create dangerously for those who read dangerously, right? Come like on. those who are literally seeking out, uh, verbiage or seeking out ideas, seeking out particular writing that, like doesn't fit into the particular like the 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 common register or the 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 more sort of traditional registers, right? I think folks are hungry uh, for that in and out of academe, right? And mm-hmm. and and out of some of these places. And so part of like our responsibility, I would call it, um, is to to do the sort of create like writing that like to create danger definitely because. But I think those things move people uh, yeah. in particular types of ways. So with uh, that, yeah. They do. And it's and yeah. it's so funny you bring that up. I was just talking to a group of colleagues yesterday about Create Dangerously. Come so on. When you, when you, and so one of, you know, and I said to them, I was like, that line in her text always hits me like a ton of bricks, you know, you know, to say that to create dangerously is always what I thought what it meant to be a writer, to write in a way that no matter how trivial we think our words might be, 
that someday, yeah. somewhere, somewhere, someone yep. may risk their life to read them. Their lives. And so one of the right. things that I'm thinking that's about right. is yeah. what does it mean to write dangerously, which is a creative practice, um, to yeah. research dangerously for the listeners and the scholars on our call, um, to do a scholarship of consequence. Um, that's it. In, in an earlier that's episode, it. we said, you know, um, Dr. Oyan Poon, uh, had talked about some of her experiences and said, you know, if you, you know, if you do a scholarship of consequence, there will be consequences. And then I There's added, be consequences. and then I added, and the alternative is to be inconsequential. So <laughs> what do you want your work to be doing? That's it. That's it. <laughs> so, you know, I think, so I appreciate your work, Wilson, because mm. I think um, it is a writing of consequences, a scholarship of consequence. And it's just beautiful. It's, it's re- I tell someone, whenever I read your work, it's like reading poetry. I can be reading a whole article and I know that it's not uh, maybe perhaps the fullness of, of how you would do it if you didn't have those parameters thrust upon you. But even sure. in those pieces, sure. um, the sort of the ebb and flow of the language, um, the interplay mm-hmm. of the rhetoric. It's, it's just beautiful and it's powerful. And I think it's instructive about um, how it could be. It's a possibility model, I think, for folks wanting to to show up and, and figure out sort of how they want their writing to materialize. And so I think it's important yeah. for us to hear that because, again, we want to be moved by our work. And I also want to know that it's, it, it, that other folks are moved by it. And so I'm certainly moved That's right. by um, well, thank you. the work that you have done. And so I'm wondering if you think about, you. you know, so you are uh, a professor, you're, you're teaching young minds and shaping young mm-hmm. minds um, as we, as we try to do anyway, in our, in our work, we try. Uh, we try. <laughs> come to, to, to their voice, right. And to their practice uh-huh. and to their work. And so um, if you had to sort of offer um, a, whether it's a, a tip, uh, a stance, a quote to live by as folks are thinking about, uh, how do I assert right mm-hmm. the uh the, the the tenor right and the uh mm. of of my voice right and I like to use the you know the the tenor tone because I think that we often take for granted that even though they're on the page writing mm-hmm. still sound there's a there's a sonic quality to uh, how the words come together. And so I'm wondering what, what might you impart, um, you know, to someone as you think about what has worked for you um, and not necessarily to, to write like Dr. Okello, cause that's impossible. Let me just tell the, to, tell the <laughs> listeners, but for people to, to figure out how to write in ways that um, are sort of authentic and full for them or to them. Mm. Well, one, your, your words are humbling and, um, and know that uh, the feeling is absolutely mutual as I think about your work. You know, I, um, you know, I want to uh, kind of harken back to one of your earlier points around um, this sort of notion of voice is is going to be different, right? And so, um, one of the challenges that I think we all face as scholars, as writers, um, researchers, teachers, um, is uh, the seduction of sort of falling into competition or falling into this need to, to sound like or look like someone else, right? Um, and so, you know, I think uh, part of, part of uh, the work of uh, figuring out uh, our sonic quality, right? Or uh, figuring out uh, what it means for us to create dangerously is, uh, is, is maybe sort of observing, seeing, but not attempting to replicate. Um, the things that uh, we've 
you know, sort of observe from others, right? Um, and so um, that for me um, is, is one thing I, I, you know, I even try to guard myself from, right? Yeah. Um, as, uh, as I think about um, the work and um, again, thinking about what it means to be consequential, um, um, not to, to stand out any, any type of, of way, but um, consequential, right? In terms of honoring, what I say, you know, I'm about, right. Or what, what I say this work is about, right. Yeah. Um, you know, is there integrity, uh, in the ways that you're both sort of speaking about thinking about, and then writing about, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, uh, the ideas that, uh, that you want to sort of come forward. Um, and I think about it, integrity as really this, um, this beautiful interplay of, of saying, this is who I am across, um, uh, you know, across many spaces, across yeah. many sort of ways I show up in the world, right? And so is there consistency? Is there a through line um, in the ways that you may speak about something and then the ways you um, that you might write it? And if there's not, uh, what are some of the ways we can repair that breach, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and, and get back to ourselves. And so, so part of it, I think, is rehearsing. Mm. And so, uh, you know, as I think about poetry, um, you know, no one shows up on on stage, right, uh, without having done the uh, engaged in practice, right, the yeah. literal practice of yeah. Um, yeah. figuring out what your voice sounds like, figuring out um, the ebb, figuring out the the uh, the tonation, figuring out the um, how you want to sequence, right? No one shows up on stage yes. right, uh, for yes. a performance piece uh, without having done. And that type of work. And I think writing is the same way, right? What does your rehearsal space look like, right? I'm not oh, talking about doing something for production, but um, do you actually, you know, do you actually create spaces for you to just practice what it means to do the type of work, right? Um, that you feel uh, called to do, right? right? I, I, I like to talk about um, the students, um, in resistance movements of the of the nineteen uh, of, the, of the 60s, in particular, I'm thinking about Greensboro, uh, uh, North Carolina, in this particular moment. Um, but you know, oftentimes, and, and I'm sort of make this connection back to writing. But oftentimes, when we see uh, sort of that iconic image of these students at the lunch counter, oh, right, World War lunch counter, yeah. right, mm-hmm. you know, I think we we often see these uh, this sense of um, this sort of stoicism, this sense of focus, this, this clarity almost. Um, um, but I, I want to suggest to, to you to, uh, to suggest to folks who are listening that, uh, they didn't just show up in that particular moment, um, that they sort of were practicing, um, behind the doors. Right. Um, and I know, you know, this, right. But we know that they were in basements practicing, uh, what it meant to be shook, right. They were practicing what it meant for someone to yell at you. They were practicing what someone yes. uh, meant to, yes. to call you out your name. And, and so I want to think about they're creating dangerously or showing up um, and refusing to leave um, in the same way I want to sort of think about our writing, right? So how are we practicing, um, uh, literally rehearsing what we, uh, um, how we want to show up uh, before we actually show up uh, in the public yeah. spaces, in the the op-ed, in the the yes. journal, uh, wherever it might be, and so I think uh, those sort of rehearsal spaces are really important for for yeah. curating, for crafting uh, your voice. That is so powerful. I mean, you could do a whole lecture on what does it mean to rehearse your writing. Um, you know, I so what I'm connecting to. There's so many connections. 
what I'm connecting to this is like, even when I think about some of my work, so I talked about the, my one diverse issues piece. I had another one that I wrote for them. Some of that started as me kind of talking into the void on social media, right? They were Come ideas on. that were being yeah, incubated yeah. in other places and spaces. And then I said, let me, now let's write this, right? And so I think to rehearse your writing, what That's also it. is coming up for me is I think in our writing processes, a lot of us will write. And then as we revise or get feedback, we do it in this sort of um, uh, sort of isolated, disconnected way. But one of the things I'm wondering is how often have we, do we read our work from top to bottom as a, as a method of rehearsal to understand how is this cohesive That's or good. coherent or not? How is the voice uh, moving or inspiring or inciting mm. or not? And mm. I think, you know, it may sh- look different for different people, but I think the concept of rehearsing your writing um, mm. and, and mm-hmm. rehearsing your writing practice is profound. And, mm. you know, I, you know, y'all need to write that down. listen you write that down what does it mean for me to rehearse my writing I think that is so profound and it it connects to this sort of uh, this sort of final piece before we get to our our lightning round is Mm -hmm. Uh Uh I also think that what helps us come to voice or maybe we will change it to reclaim our voice uh, Uh reassert Uh our voice is I think the ways in which we are sort of edified in holistic ways in our lives and so I don't know about you but I I, I could wager an assumption but that you know for me it's the the music that I engage or the the artist that I engage that's it um the art uh that I that I keep around me. Um, yeah. the, uh, you know, the, the books and texts that I read, certainly, um, the film that I engage. And so I'm wondering for in your own process, because I, you know, less for, you know, an advice for other folks, but just for you, you talked about earlier black feminists and womanist, um, authors, mm-hmm. scholars, uh, mm-hmm. frames. Um, mm-hmm. I, we also know that you are an artist and a poet. So I'm wondering what are the, mm-hmm. what are the types of art and pieces that you maybe consume that you think are instructive to your writing process that maybe incite or inspire you? Who do you listen to? Who do you, uh, read? Who are you particularly, do you feel like lights maybe a little fire in your belly to, to, to put words to page in ways that maybe you wouldn't if you didn't have that particular art or artist wow wow um you know <laughs> you know james baldwin is is someone I've, I've you know an ancestor i've looked up to and and add and uh gone back over you know audrey lord is, is also someone that i um an, an ancestor that i've uh, just come to cherish and um you know, I think about um, in this moment. I think about uh, you know Robin Kelly's work um, mm-hmm. and um, you know the the call around freedom dreaming. But even beyond that, just the uh, the, the level of thoughtfulness that uh, that he consistently brings to his um, art work. You know, I think about an artist like Basquiat. I think about mm. um, you know folks like Janelle Monae, like folks who who uh who write and 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 do their art against the grain right um who um yeah I, wow i mean that's goodness gracious <laughs> such a such a such a dope question um yeah i mean those folks come to mind uh, yeah. most immediately right yeah. you know um and so it can be it can be written or it can be you know gwendolyn brooks and mm. lucy clifton yep. um I, as i think about poetry um, 
the uh, Sonia uh, Sanchez's of yep. the world yep. uh, certainly come to mind as I think about the, uh, I mean, just how they approached both the, the June Jordan. Oh my God. Like I love June Jordan's um, like just writing and, and, and the craft and uh, the elegance, but uh, the fire uh, that yeah. she approaches to work with. I mean, so there's, uh, there's a ton of folks uh, that, so um, you know, as I think about, yeah, like, you know, what do I want my, what do we want our work to do? Yeah. Goodness gracious. I mean, when they, when they, their words, oh my goodness, they, they hark they call like us yes. to, 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 to something more. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, what I think about like almost like a timeless type of writing, like these individuals sort of come to mind. And so, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of writing for the moment, but also a uh, sort of a far reaching, a looking into or past uh, this particular moment. Right. And those, yeah. those are the sorts of things that I think about, um, you know, trying to bring those sort of pieces into yes. uh, some of our work. Right. Uh, as impossible as that may be, but, um, <laughs> you know, I try to sort of yeah. think in those registers. Yeah. That's, that's really awesome. I, I, I asked that question because it's something that I often, th- often think about for my own work. And I think, you know, I, I tend to, and it's and it may be odd, but it's I tend to there'll be a piece that I'm working on, and when I'm figuring out what I want the writing to be, I often ask myself if I were to translate it to another medium, what would I want it to feel like? So there was a time where I was like, this is this feels like a really like dope, soulful um, kind of throwback to a time. I want this piece to read like Zap and Roger make me feel, and so then I might put on Zap and Roger as I'm writing to say, what love me this sort of piece or, you know, I want this, this piece to read the way, uh, you know, with a certain earnestness and, uh, you know, uh, but, but joy, maybe that my Miles Davis will bring, um, on a particular like sort of track. And so really figuring out how, you know, how do these sort of pieces and parts kind of bleed or, uh, you know, thinking about a visual artist, you know, I I often try to write when I write about black folks, I try to write in a ways that, you know, I, how I feel when I see Kehinde Wiley's work, this idea that we can be fully in our blackness, but be captured yeah. in a way that is timeless and beautiful and that's it. um and yeah. truly a work of art renaissance art even and so this yeah. idea that you know yeah. i want yeah, this piece yeah. to look the way i feel when i see a kahindi wiley you know piece of portrait and it's a really thinking about how do you do that how do you translate the other art into the the, the form yeah. of word right word as a form and a, yeah and as a, and as a you know craft. And, oh my goodness and I know we're going to, we're running short on time. No, but we got I, time. You know, I, I just wanted to sort of sit with that 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 um, that meditation for a minute because uh, it's it's I believe, and I think you like what I hear you saying is that uh, we can bring ancestors into the room with us, right? And so, uh, what does it mean to sort of yes. bring um, ideas? And literally, uh, one of my mothers talked about um, kind of writing as if they were in the room. Right. Um, or, you know, and so um, if you if they, you know, what would their assessment yes. um, of you saying you want to sort of met, uh, mirror or take yes. on some of their essence? Uh, what would their assessment be? Right. Yeah. And I think that um, that changes, again, who we're beholden to. Right. Like answerability. It's, it's, it's answerability. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So, so I, yeah, I just really appreciate that point. Come on, Miles. And, I mean, just <laughs> a little zapper. I mean, 
Yeah. What does it mean for ideas to move across space and time? Um, is yeah. I think a yeah, it's point well taken. So. Man, this is dope. I, I always got to shout out Zach and Roger as Ohio's own. I always remind people too, they kind of were the uh, godfathers of the electronic uh, auto-tune. People talk about T-Pain. I'm like, nah, but Zappa Rogers was doing uh, computer they love. Were, they were doing that. And, and I want to be your man and all that stuff, you, you know, years ago. So, uh, right. Yeah. All right. Well, we have, we're close to the end of time, but I do have a lightning round. Uh, okay. These are seven questions, ideally in under mm-hmm. 90 seconds. But here's a spoiler alert. I don't think I've done it in under 90 seconds since I've done any of it so far. Good to know. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but questions uh, somewhat related to writing, um, if not directly related to writing. And so uh, hopefully your brain is sufficiently warmed up. So the first question is uh, you wrote something that was super dope and you were invited to keynote a conference, what would be your entrance music as you walk to the stage? Put on a Nina Simone track. Uh, put Ooh. on, uh, um, maybe uh, not Young Gifted uh, in Black, or, um, uh, yeah, put on put on anything Nina Simone. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll rock with that. That's yeah. a good one. I was, I was trying to think, mine changes every episode, but I think, uh, depending on the piece, I would want something like optimistic from Sounds of Blackness, you know. Okay. I think that would be pretty dope. Okay. Yeah, come on. So your favorite place, like location, to read and or write when, you, when you're able to? When I'm able to. Uh, you know, honestly, a, um, I love writing in the, um, yeah, you know, I try to sort of carry the office space to um, my home office in particular, um, you know, to kind of surround myself with, you know, candles, um, paintings. Um, allows me to sort of kind of bring the ancestors into the room, if you will, right? So um, I say the home office. Uh, yeah. When I'm able to, yeah. yeah, it feels like a even through the screen feels like a sacred space, and that's always oh, good. I appreciate writing. it. I, I All appreciate right. It. Yeah. So when you're not writing, finish a sentence. When I'm not writing, I love to what? Mm, um, spending time with uh, spending time with family. August, uh, our uh, soon to be twelve weak or old um brilliant beautiful um child um and then uh my partner morgan so yes. spending time with family with the fam yeah. the august yes. can't wait to meet him yeah uh, yes yes okay so they can be academic or non-academic but who is your favorite or one of your favorite authors right now going back over to corporate civil work tony morrison um mm. someone i just yeah um yeah yeah tony, tony. morrison yeah, I uh, was thinking about a quote that she said that has been really heavy on my heart recently. And I'm, I'm not going to get it exactly right, but this idea, but the point of of, of freedom is to free someone else. Uh, and so I was thinking through that piece around all the folks and what does it mean to make it? What does it mean to ascend to places and spaces? And it goes back to that answerability piece. So her quote around answer obligation, right? Responsibility, uh, how are we freeing right. someone else? Okay. Well, what if someone contacted you and said you can assign required reading to all of higher education and we'd be required to read it? What book would you have higher ed read? Goodness gracious. I'm thinking about it. Tony, uh, Tony K. Bambara is the, the education of a storyteller. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't think I've read that one. Let me put that, write that down. I uh, know what you're thinking about it. Yeah. I'm thinking about using her piece, The Salt Eaters, in one of my, my courses. Um, Do you want to be well? I love it. I mean, that's the- <laughs> well, and it's advising, yeah. advising and helping. So I thought it would be a good connection to it's a great salty. connection. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, um, absolutely. Okay, so something that you have written 
that you are most proud of or most proud of? So I'm thinking about a, um, a, two, a 2018 piece um, uh, that I wrote that um, attempts to, to kind of read, uh, push our thinking on holistic student development. So um, mm. yeah, yeah, it's sort of try to introduce or um, call our attention to this notion of self-definition. So um, I love yeah, that piece. That, and that so piece. Thank and you. so needed, thank especially you. because <clears throat> as, as hopefully the listeners will know, anything in the realm of student development uh, or, or that attempts to take on, to reframe, to deconstruct student development theory is a paramount uh, undertaking. And so uh, mm-hmm. I think that that piece stands boldly in trying mm-hmm. to, to, to force us to, to reconsider um, uh, and to readjust if possible how we think about that. And so that piece on yeah. self-authorship, yeah, mm-hmm. very good. All right, and lastly, question seven, uh, any words of wisdom or a quote to live by that you want to leave listeners with? Yeah, I think create dangerously. Create dangerously for those who, um, who will read dangerously. I think folks are, um, I believe that folks will um, and are are hungry or desperate or looking um, for work that that pushes and moves that um, that calls us to something different. And I think that can only be done when we're willing to sort of take the risks and um, uh, and to do the work of consequence, as you call uh, uh, to, to think about earlier. So uh, create dangerously. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Create dangerously to take a risk. Um, mm-hmm you know, to make it, to, to, to push them, to, to make it matter, make it, um, uh, make it a, a work of, of consequence. And I think, you know, in, in the long view, right, of life, of, of, of the world, of existence, um, we have, we have finite time. And so uh, I think the way that we, we spend that is, is important. And as it relates to our writing and our work, I don't think any of us has the time to play it safe, mm. right? And so that's what, and so that's what I'm hearing yeah. is this idea of um, to create dangerously, to write dangerously. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I think part of sort of remembering your voice or reclaiming or coming mm-hmm. to voice um, is to not stifle it, is to not uh, it. reduce it, that's is it. to not put a lid on it, uh, but but to Come let on. it, but but to let it be and to let it resonate and. Uh, and to allow it to sort of sonically register mm-hmm. on the page and in these mm-hmm. publication spaces. And so, well, Dr. Okello, it's a pleasure as always. 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 always I appreciate the, the conversation. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah. I'm so glad you were able to uh, take some time during your summer um, and as a, yeah. and as a new father to, to talk with yeah. me and, and the yeah. listeners on the podcast. So uh, hopefully it was instructive and generative for folks who, who listen. Um, as you know, I appreciate you. And I have said to, to all of my guests during the episode, I have to say it here is that I truly uh, invited folks on that uh, I respect and that I admire. Mm-hmm. And it's not a performance, but uh, it needs to, to be said. I think that it, uh, thinking of another uh, piece of art uh, show, Grey's Anatomy, the thing about Shonda Rhimes, but one of the my favorite lines from that show is, I think it's important uh, to take the time and tell the people you love that you love them while they can hear you. 
And uh, so I, I love and appreciate you and your work. Uh, thank you for, for taking the time to do this. And, uh, and as always, I'm always looking forward to, ne- to the next time that we get to engage. That's right. Uh, so, That's right. Uh, That's right. Thank you. I, I appreciate you, brother. I love you. Thank you just for the work you're doing. Thank you for the work you've done. Um, yeah, just yeah, deep appreciation and respect for you, brother. Ashay, Ashay. All right, folks. Well, that is our time. Uh, and as we always say, as we sign off, uh, until next time, either get right or get left. <laughs>